Beijing hitting back at Washington's sweeping sanctions by bringing a dispute against the U.S. to the World Trade Organization. A hunger strike at Apple's headquarters in Cupertino, protesting the tech company's airdrop restrictions in China. Alabama and Utah joining a growing list of states going after TikTok. As of now, nine have taken action. Warren Buffett's company selling off Chinese shares again. The stake belongs to Tesla's Chinese rival. And another round of anti-lockdown protests erupting across universities in China. Video showing upset students facing off with officials. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. America's semiconductor war with China is heating up. Beijing is launching a dispute against the U.S. at the World Trade Organization, or WTO. The case is over Washington's sweeping semiconductor ban. The move aims to prevent Beijing from using American technology to advance its own military because semiconductors are critical for military technology, from nuclear arms to fighter jets. Specifically, the new rules block companies from selling advanced computing microchips and chip-making equipment to China unless they get a special license. It's unclear if China's complaint could have legal effects. The WTO's body that deals with disputes has been suspended. That's due to disagreements between member states. Over in Washington, the U.S. is stepping up its game on cornering China. The White House confirming that it's in talks with Japan and the Netherlands on joining hands on the sanctions. The three countries are the primary source of equipment for making advanced microchips. We've had those conversations with both Japan and the Netherlands and with other countries as well. And I'm not going to get ahead of any announcements. I will just say that we are uh, very pleased with the candor, uh, the substance and the intensity of the discussions that are taking place. Japan said it has been communicating with the U.S. about export controls. I would like to refrain from commenting on the details, as this is a diplomatic matter. Washington's sweeping sanctions affect American firms such as Applied Materials, LAM Research and KLA. But for the sanctions to be more effective, the U.S. needs cooperation from other critical suppliers, like Japan's Tokyo Electron and the Netherlands' ASML. China is Tokyo Electron's largest market. Over a quarter of its sales last year came from China. Japan said it's conducting hearings of domestic firms and studying the impact of U.S. restrictions. The Dutch foreign ministry declined to comment. The country's trade minister said the Netherlands is in talks with the U.S. about export controls. A young man is staging a hunger strike at Apple's headquarters in Cupertino, California. And over the weekend on Human Rights Day, he wasn't alone. Dozens of supporters joined him in protesting the tech company's airdrop restrictions in China. NTD's David Lamb reports. Although it rained hard, dozens of supporters rallied outside of Apple's headquarters on International Human Rights Day in Cupertino, California, standing with the hunger striker. But Apple, which is a kind of a social responsible company, a lot of the people's eyes, is looting with the Chinese Communist Party, Chinese government, to our own human rights. Graduate student Han Wang started a seven-day hunger strike at Apple headquarters on December 5th. 
He told NTD he's only sleeping underneath this banner. The tent is for storage. They are urging the tech giant to revoke its airdrop restrictions in mainland China, where A4 protesters are counting on the Bluetooth-based tool to evade the communist regime's censorship. One of the activists is also a survivor of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre in China. In a way, you know, this is a continuation of what we started 33 years ago on Tiananmen Square uh, when we were protesting. But uh, I'm really excited that young people like him are picking up the torch. So we, we see great hope for a free China. For Apple devices, users can set their airdrop retrieval setting to one of three options, receiving off, contacts only, or everyone. With the new changes, those who want to receive files from everyone will have a 10-minute limit, where the phone then reverts back to contacts only. Apple do this and uh, nobody stopped him or nobody, we, we, we didn't come and every technology, technology was saying, uh, big tech company was saying, oh, that's fine, that's fine, because uh, we can have double standard in China and in the U.S. We can claim we are a good company, we are a very good company in the U.S., but we can do some evil things and so nobody really cares. Just after the hunger strike began, Tech websites Mac Rumors, TechCrunch, and 9to5Mac reported on November 7th that Apple is expanding the 10-minute airdrop limit to all users with iOS 16.2. Apple stated it's an effort to cut down on spam sent in crowded areas and say they originally planned to roll out the feature globally starting in 2023. But Apple has not provided an answer as to why it chose mainland China to be the first country with airdrop restrictions. NTD reached out to Apple for comment. David Lamb, NTD News, California. At least nine states in the U.S. are taking action on TikTok. That's including two on Monday alone. Alabama and Utah became the latest states to ban the Chinese-owned short video sharing app from state government devices. They joined five others, Texas, Nebraska, South Dakota, South Carolina, and Maryland. Alabama's governor called it a no-brainer decision to ban the social media platform because of security threats from China. TikTok is owned and operated by ByteDance, a Chinese company based in Beijing. As part of the executive order, Utah's governor noted the Chinese firm collects TikTok user data and says that includes American users' personal information, intellectual property, and potentially their location data. Beijing can demand data from domestic companies under Chinese national security law. TikTok has previously said that all U.S. user data is stored within the U.S., but it admitted in July that employees outside the U.S. had access to U.S. user data. In a September congressional hearing, TikTok executives refused to commit to stopping the flow of American data to China. Indiana also sued the app last week. In New York, a bill introduced on Friday aims to amend state law to pick up the same effort. And another bipartisan bill in Congress unveiled on Tuesday, backed by Senator Marco Rubio and Congress members Mike Gallagher and Raja Krishnamurti. Named the Anti-Social CCP Act, it specifically names TikTok and owner ByteDance and seeks to completely ban TikTok in the U.S. That's until it no longer meets certain conditions, such as being subject to substantial influence by a country of concern. 
Berkshire Hathaway is trimming its stake in Chinese electric vehicle maker BYD again. The investment company owned by Warren Buffett sold $34 million worth of the shares recently. That stake is listed in Hong Kong. The latest sale lowered Berkshire's holdings in BYD to below 15 percent. That means Berkshire has sold over a quarter of its position in the last five months. BYD is Tesla's rival in China. It beat out Tesla in sales number in the second and third quarters of this year and claimed the title of world's largest electric vehicle maker. Inspired by rare protests against zero COVID-19 rules, students across China are also voicing concerns about virus policies at their universities. NTD's Xiaohua Li has the story. In at least five Chinese provinces, students from local medical schools gathered outside their campuses on Monday. They're taking aim at some of their university's epidemic prevention policies. Under them, medical graduates who test positive for COVID-19 reportedly are now allowed to take days off. And if they do, they face a pay cut. Graduate students from these universities earn an average of less than $200 a month, while faculty members are paid eight times that amount. As for the undergrads, they're asking permission to return home voluntarily. This is due to continued virus testing on campus and a lack of supplies in some dormitories. Violence broke out at another medical university in southwest China. That was captured after students protested against the school for not paying them or providing masks. At the same time in China, fears are rising about the safety of student protesters amid arrests. Police apprehended a resident from Guangzhou last week over allegations they called provoking trouble. That's after the resident took part in rallies against COVID-19 restrictions in the city last month. And an artist from eastern China arrested by police under the same allegation. That's for painting and tweeting a portrait of a well-known anti-lockdown protester in China. The protester dubbed the bridge man on a protest banner from a Beijing overpass in October, calling on communist leader Xi Jinping to step down. Xiao Hua Li, NTD News. A major contact tracing app in China is going offline. It marks a big step in loosening COVID-19 restrictions. But it's far from the only health tracking method used during the pandemic. The app is called Mobile Itinerary Cart. It launched in February 2020, almost immediately after the pandemic broke out in Wuhan, China. Operating via smartphones, the app can trace back where a phone owner has been in the last 7 to 14 days. When an app user enters an area designated by authorities as posing high risk of infection, the app would change the user's status color from green to yellow or red. Both of those colors limit the phone owner's access to public spaces and transportation. Other reports say Chinese authorities manipulated the apps manually, changing the statuses of human rights activists to red to block them from leaving their homes. This app has more than 1 billion users, almost as many as China's population. Concerns have also focused on data safety and privacy, as huge amounts of data have been collected in recent years. Chinese authorities said they would delete the data after the app goes offline. 
Despite the shutdown, another major tracking app is still being used, the country's health code scanning system. This app also functions on smartphones. It uses the same three-color status system, but instead users self-declare where they've been. The easing of contact tracing methods comes as China braces against a new outbreak of the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. China recorded more than 36,000 cases across the country on Monday. But Radio Free Asia reported that within the last week, 220,000 people contracted the infection in Beijing, including medical staff from hundreds of hospitals in the city. Next, we zoom in on vaccines in China. Almost three years after the pandemic first broke out, China says it will allow a foreign vaccine to be used in China. But there's a catch. Beijing said Friday it would let German nationals living in China receive German vaccine BioNTech. This in exchange for Germany granting an import permit to a Chinese vaccine, though that jab would only be used on Chinese nationals living in Germany. BioNTech's distribution partner for China first applied for approval in the Chinese market two years ago. It had planned to import 100 million doses, but its approval for widespread use is still hanging in the balance. As for American nationals living in China, can they access vaccines? The American embassy in China says yes. Its official website names the two most commonly available doses as being available, Sinopharm and Sinovac. Neither of the two Chinese-made vaccines have been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Chinese and Indian troops clashed on Friday, meeting at their disputed border in India's northeastern territory. India's defense minister said Tuesday that the scuffle erupted when Indian troops prevented Chinese soldiers from entering Indian territory. The PLA troops attacked the line of actual control in the Yangtze area of the Tawang sector and tried to change the status quo unilaterally. Singh added that there were injuries on both sides. Following the incident, videos circulated showing Indian protesters burning Chinese flags and products. The frontier has remained tense since a 2020 clash, which left 20 Indian and at least four Chinese soldiers dead. India and China share a nearly 2,400-mile frontier that was never clearly defined. Relations have for the most part been peaceful since a war in 1962. Following the clash, China's foreign ministry gave no details on the incident, but stated Tuesday that the situation on the border was generally stable. Beijing is courting one of America's most important allies in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia. That says Washington's relationship with the kingdom takes a nosedive. Saudi Arabia is one of America's top oil sources. Chinese leader Xi Jinping traveled there last week. He was received with the kind of ceremony usually reserved for the U.S. While there, Xi met with other Gulf Arab leaders at a summit. This summit establishes a historical new phase of relations between China and Saudi Arabia. Xi is pushing for a major move, proposing the Gulf nations to make their energy deals using Chinese currency. Saudi Arabia has been weighing Xi's proposal. If the kingdom accepts the plan, other countries may follow suit, and this could weaken the U.S. dollar's dominance as a global reserve currency. China has become Saudi Arabia's largest trading partner, with bilateral trade standing at over $80 billion last year. Over 18 percent of the kingdom's oil exports went to China in 2021. 
As for Saudi Arabia, the country said it wants to cooperate with both the U.S. and China. The White House said it's not surprised Xi is making such a high-profile visit to the region and that the U.S. is, quote, mindful of the influence that China is trying to grow around the world. America has a long-standing relationship with Saudi Arabia. The agreement is called Oil for Security. Under it, the U.S. protects the kingdom from region's threats, and Saudi Arabia provides a steady supply of oil. But relations between the two have plunged to their lowest point in decades, after President Biden accused the crown prince of approving a murder of a Saudi journalist and froze some arms sales to the country. Biden went to Saudi Arabia earlier this year, hoping to persuade the crown prince to pump out more oil and help tame inflation at home. But the over 20 oil producers led by Saudi Arabia made the decision to cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day. Back to Xi Jinping's trip, he signed deals worth over $30 billion with Saudi firms. That includes cloud computing contracts with China's Huawei. Coming up, we zoom in on America's biggest tech companies. What role does Twitter and Apple play in relations with Beijing? And how were they involved in the 2020 presidential election? You might as well say they were cooperating with the MSS and the CCP. Uh, We now have the basis for crime uh, in an American government agency. We spoke to John Mills, a retired Army colonel and a former director for cybersecurity at the Defense Department. He's also the author of the book, The Nation Will Follow. More for him in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Social media platform censorship. Elon Musk suggested that Twitter was acting under American government orders to suppress free speech around the 2020 presidential election. We spoke to John Mills, former director for cybersecurity at the Defense Department, about the free speech in America and the efforts of Chinese citizens for freedom and the role of Apple in the protests. John, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Tiffany. Always an honor to be on your show. So let's talk about these Twitter files that are getting revealed. So it seems that Twitter was cooperating with the U.S. government, several different sectors. So it almost sounds similar to what's happening in China. We have the Great Firewall over there where they're choosing what citizens can or can't see. What's happening here in America? What can you tell us about this? Well, this is a great point. Uh, this is a de facto social credit system, uh, whether they, the FBI was calling it or not. This, they were enforcing, uh, they were handing lists of names into Twitter and seeking the censorship of American citizens. Uh, just unbelievable, just unbelievable, unacceptable. This is not right. It is a de facto uh, uh, social credit system. So it seems when we look at Twitter, you see, you know, China state affiliated accounts, the Chinese foreign ministry, they're allowed to speak freely. Chinese citizens are not allowed to access Twitter. But then we have Americans, as you mentioned, being censored. So what are we seeing happening here? Oh, yeah. And and when I was on Twitter, I was uh, I said anything uh, that was contrary to the CCP, uh, you know, I was ganged up immediately. Now, I'd whack them down very fast. But they clearly were all over Twitter 
MSS agents, Chinese foreign intelligence agents were working at Twitter and Twitter didn't care. Jack Dorsey didn't care. The number one priority of the FBI should be the foreign intelligence threat inside of America. And so Elvis, instead of dropping a list of names to uh, be censored, he should have immediately pulled his badge and gun and arrested the MSS agents. This is this is shocking. It's outrageous. And it's, it's not only collusion with Twitter. It's not only a social credit score. I mean, you might as well say they were cooperating with the MSS and the CCP. Uh, the, the, we now have the basis for crime uh, in an American government agency. So it almost sounds like the Chinese regime is operating on U.S. soil through Twitter. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Jack Dorsey was informed of this. There was more than one MSS agent. And, uh, and, and there were, in all fairness, there were other countries. I mean, Twitter was a, a Disneyland of uh, opportunities for uh, foreign, uh, foreign intrigue. And uh, the FBI just seemed to do nothing about it except hand a list of names of Americans who needed to be censored. Uh, this is a dereliction of duty. And John, it seems so far with these Twitter files, we've found out, you know, information about the Hunter Biden laptop story, also the not shadow banning, they don't call it that, but like limiting reach of certain accounts that they thought, you know, they didn't like. So with these findings continuing to come out, what does it mean in terms of America and free speech? Well, I hope we return to the original meaning of what free speech uh, is in America. Uh, we cannot, and, and it's funny, those who are being the most totalitarian essentially are the same ones who grew up in many ways during the 60s and 70s demanding free speech. And now that they've attained these lofty positions, um, they're trying to silence everybody. So they really are not true to their words. Uh, they don't really care about free speech. They just care about power. So we need to return to a day when free speech meant free speech. So given the similarities with almost, say, China's great firewall and the silencing there, what can Americans do about this, especially in America? Um, well, they need to be assertive, uh, applaud the citizens of China, uh, uh, not, I mean, it's a little unclear what's going on, but it, it seems that the, the mass citizen uprising in China has had effect. Now, I'm sure there's been a cost. I'm sure there has been pain and suffering we don't know about. Uh, but in the end, it does seem like the CCP uh, was in many ways overwhelmed. And this is a citizen, this is what, what happens when citizens lock shoulders and assert their rights. So good on the Chinese population and same with America. We, we, we cannot relent. We cannot give up. Uh, we have a, a out of control uh, situation and uh, we, need to hold, uh, we need to hold the government officials accountable. John, zooming in on the Chinese protesters really quickly, it seems some ways they were getting around the internet censorship was using airdrop. And Apple has gotten a lot of flack lately because mm. they, you know, kind of limited that reach. So what do you see happening there when certain Western companies are almost helping the Chinese regime in their surveillance and censorship efforts? Yeah, great one, Tiffany. Here's my... Uh as I've studied what Apple did, 
I would assert that Apple has violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act. They took orders, they took direction straight from the Chinese Communist Party and disabled the airdrop feature, which was a huge ability uh, by airdrop uh, uh, documents, uh, all, all forms of documents could be shared and passed, bypassing the MSS uh, uh, D big data, big data analytics, and network monitoring. And and so China asked, Apple complied. I would assert that Apple has uh, violated the Foreign Agent Registration Act and needs to be a, a, held accountable. It seems inside China, after these protests really started taking place in, I think, 20 different provinces across China, uh, the Chinese regime implemented their highest level internet censorship in response. So with that, and given how much surveillance power they have, what do you see happening going forward in China? Well, it, it, it shows that authoritarian, totalitarian regimes will uh, attempt to suppress internet sharing. However, what has been shown, if nothing else, in the Arab Spring uh, for several years, what no matter how hard you crack down, the innovation and the velocity of the protesters will almost always find a way around. They'll find vulnerabilities. They'll find, the, the, the Chinese, as daunting as their surveillance may be, do not have the resources to be everywhere at all times. They will always have liabilities and vulnerabilities and and passionate assertive demonstrators will always find them john thank you so much for joining us great to have you on the show thank you tiffany always an honor to be on your show that's all for today's china in focus i'm tiffany meyer if you have any feedback on this show or have something you'd like to see us cover send us an email at china at ntd.com we'd love to hear from you thanks for watching see you tomorrow